Well, people like to feel comfortable, right? Yeah. And I don't like to feel comfortable. I mean, I get bored if I'm too comfortable. And so if I feel like I'm getting comfortable or complacent in my work, then I'm going to add a new challenge for myself to work on. When it's just kind of a, when it's easy to shoot, then I'm like, mm, I'm, it's, I'm settling in and it's time to add another goal or objective. So one of the things I'm working on for the last three years is more complicated storytelling in terms of layering, especially outside with multiple subjects. So for literally three years, I've been working on shooting higher apertures, thinking about more layers and how they interact with one another within the frame. It's fucking hard. Like, it's so hard. And I've been doing it for three years specifically, and I'm not even, I don't even feel like I'm an inch closer to being better at it. But I keep trying. Kristen and I had a chance to meet up for a chat during WPPI back in February 2020. Kristen Lewis is a family photojournalist and has taught her approach to documentary family photography on Creative Live. Every time I look at Kristen's work, I feel a certain nostalgic heartbreak. I start to miss my family and childhood memories come rushing back. I have a mad amount of respect for Kristen as an artist. Her drive to always be developing and pushing herself out of her comfort zone is inspiring. I've listened back to my conversation with Kirsten a number of times now. Each listen, I come away with something new. So what initially drew you into photography? I think it was a slow process as I was surrounded by photography my whole life because my parents were photographers. And so I didn't have that much interest in photography creating it in terms of my artistic expression. I was a fine art major. I went to a high school that had a, like an art program. So I focused on ceramics and painting and illustration. And then I did theater and dance. But I went to study in Brazil for a summer semester and I just brought a point and shoot with me, just basically to document what I experienced there and I came back and my mom I was 20 at the time 21 I can't remember 20 or 21 and my mom said oh my god your compositions are great especially for not being trained in photography at all and then for my next birthday they got me an SLR a Nikon 8008 and I started shooting with it and I took a class at university Although I really only took it to have access to the darkroom because I grew up always having a darkroom. And so I knew how to use a darkroom from a very young age. I don't know. I think it was a more accessible media for me. It's a little bit more instant than painting, drawing, where it takes time to come up with your, your, with, with your final presentation of mm -hmm. your thoughts, your ideas, your concepts. So I liked that photography was more instant. It was more, it, it was a more accessible way for me to express how I was interpreting the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I liked it. I, I gravitated towards it and kind of turned my back on painting and drawing. Um, I, I haven't painted anything in like three years, um, which is 
kind of crazy to think about because that's all I did yeah. for for much of my childhood through my early 20s. But I don't do it anymore. My focus is on photographic um, representation of the world. And have you ever thought about, like, at least continuing to play in a different medium to try to, like, have that creative outlet that's kind of removed from photography, which I guess is come the day job? Well, one thing is I, it isn't just my day job. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm shooting all the time for myself. I have several personal projects that are always going on. I am photographing my own life and my daughter. So it doesn't feel like a day job. And that I think is a very clear distinction from others out there that are only picking up the camera when there's a paycheck involved. And how have you managed to make sure that's still a thing for you and that that I guess like the passion and the joy for t- photography I have like to shoot I, it's not even a choice for me like I I have to make pictures because I've been a storyteller since I was a very young child from I mean I remember being as young as five or six and if I wasn't painting or drawing I was writing stories I was acting out stories my sister and I I remember playing in my grandmother's basement. I I would stay with my grandmother three days a week, and she had this uh, record player with all these old musicals. Uh, Hello, Dolly is one that comes to mind specifically. And we would play the records and create scenes and act them out and then invite my whole family to come watch. I did that all through grammar school. Then I got into theater in high school. Uh, When I was in fifth grade, I won the national uh, public speaking comp. Congratulations. Uh, Fifth grade, huge accomplishment. It was probably (laughs) one of the better accomplishments of my life. But I loved telling stories. So however that manifests Mm -hmm. creatively, I just want to tell stories. And actually, it's one of the things I love about Instagram stories if anyone follows me on Instagram, it's all storytelling, like actually like finding ways to creatively, humorously tell the stories of my life. Yeah. I use it as a tool for storytelling. So with something like Instagram, because like social media has become such like what I find like interesting by that statement is a lot of people like look at social media as like something they have to do. And it's like a content platform and it needs to be, but I don't think a lot of people come at it with that angle where it's like just another creative medium and like to be using it as like a tool. Mm -hmm. So when you first got on it, was, was that your approach to it or like, did you just, no, I think my approach was, Oh, I have to do Instagram because everyone's telling me that that is how my work is going to be discovered these days, which is true. But if you notice like, I need to be better at posting photos. The problem is that it's really important to me that each photo be accompanied by a really good caption, which is small glimpses into my life. And if I'm not inspired to have a story that articulates going beyond what the photo is right in front of you, then I'm less likely to post. So... Mm it takes me longer to find the right pictures that I want to post because it's very important for me that the content, uh, the 
the written content be just as strong. But as soon as Insta Stories came out, I knew I was going to, that was my, my fun. Yeah. Like that was my tool. I like being funny. I like being vulnerable about my life. And I feel like it helps people feel seen and less alone if I'm sharing the most ridiculous asinine stories of my life when it comes to motherhood, parenthood, traveling. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a great way for me to communicate yeah. my thoughts and ideas. And it's really interesting to see that like for like a long time, like social media was this very like polished, like PR curated thing and that people are moving it more in the direction of allowing themselves to be like vulnerable and mm -hmm. like really, yeah, like letting people like see inside to the creative process. But like, do you feel, cause like I, I definitely struggle with it and it seems that like if you buy into the messaging that, you know, like internet marketers give you that it's like, you need to be posting all the time and like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, if you're having that, approach and like how are you supposed to be putting like the care like into the craft and yeah like waiting until you like have a good caption to like accompany that photo so like how do you I guess like find that balance and like not to get s swept away in like what people are telling you to do and clearly I'm not very good at it because I think the last time I posted was like two months ago um I don't know. I do know that the more often I post, the more visibility my account gets. And I am booking work from Instagram. So I think it's a matter of maybe making it your process throughout the week that you just set aside time strictly for building good content that's going to go on your platform because it's like a like a storefront, right? Mm -hmm. it's, or a gallery. And it's an online gallery where people can, they, they want to see not just your photos. I find like the more personal I am with my caption, the more engagement I'm getting, which means I'm reaching people beyond something that's just visual, right? It's something that's resonating. It's an idea that is making people think or remember or relate to. And that is where I find my posts are most successful. Mm -hmm. And also that is part of my brand. My brand is being me and being vulnerable. And I've always been that way. That's always been my approach. And for me, it really works. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty much an open book in life and I am in my business for the most part as well. And that approach with like the fact that you tend to be like open and vulnerable, like does that contribute to allowing your, like clients to be like the same way with you? A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. My clients know exactly what they're getting when they hire me as a human being, as well as my pictures. And as a result, the, the working hard to get access or trust is less because they already feel like they know me. Mm -hmm. And so they, and they already know that I'm not going in with any sort of judgment, um, about them, who they are, their parenting styles, um, their problem solving skills, what have you, all the things that their house, uh, if they're messy or they're clean, these are all things that I find with my work and with my students, it's the biggest 
issue is getting access and allowing and people allowing you into their their real lives for that to be photographed and they and I have students that struggle with getting that access quickly but I don't I don't struggle with that at all and I think it is because my vulnerability is put out there and so there's there is no fear of me judging them have you ever struggled with that process of gaining access no I really haven't I've never struggled yeah. I think some of it also is just personality. I was taught really young, or I learned really young, how to be pretty good socially with strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, no, I, I'm trying to think, has there been anyone that it's been hard to get access? No. And what's the advice that you give your students on how to gain that access and that trust to, like allow yourself yeah as a photographer to come into those like intimate moments ask lots of questions be very present be engaging and involved vocally with your subjects be a part of their moments um in terms of i don't believe that a fly on the wall is going to get the kind of access as, as you do from just being present I have, like, this. there's a saying, I say, the more present you are, the more invisible your camera becomes. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so, because, like, the conventional wisdom or advice that seems to be out there is to kind of take that more of the fly on the wall, like, to disappear, but, like, what you were describing there to me almost sounds like you're like embedding yourself yes into the family and then that kind of like like do you find yourself that you start to become like a part of the of the story or no i don't i still don't feel like i'm a part of the story in terms of the picture making i still feel like visually i am removed from those moments in terms of my presence being there and I think it is because I am there. I, I am a part of it. And so they, the, the camera becomes, it, it's not even a factor anymore. Then, then they continue with their lives and I'm able to photograph that in a real organic, natural way. Because it's just like hanging out with a family friend. Like that, yeah. that is what I am when I'm there. And I also learn how to balance when it's time to shut up uh, and be quiet and not interfere with the integrity of a moment, uh, you learn how to balance that. When there's disciplining happen, happening, that's when I'm staying really quiet. When someone is hurt, because uh, kids get hurt all the time, and that's being tended to, then I'm quite quiet. Uh, if I see a moment developing that I absolutely don't want my influence being a part of it, then I'm going to back off vocally and just observe and allow that to develop in front of me. And will there ever be a moment where you're like, I guess like priming a situation to... No. There are times when I'm with kids where their focus becomes on me uh, and I want the focus off of me. And so then I'll start asking questions that redirects the brain back to what they were doing so that I'm again, like flipping the, the switch on me and turning it back to 
what they were doing before they were distracted by me. And like, what's the piece of advice that you give to your students that are struggling with the ability to like get that access and shoot a lot, <laughs> keep practicing, let your guard down. Don't be afraid that you're too close or you're not good enough or you're influencing the scene just be yourself within within that moment um, and learn how to be a really good observer I, I recently uh, came up with a this phrase came out as I was working with a student and I think it not only applies to photography but to life and I said you're not getting to the picture fast enough because you're not willing to slow down and I think in life that's the case you're not getting to the answer fast enough because you're not willing to slow down. Yeah, I think that's right across the board, like especially with the modern times, like we just don't allow ourselves to be like fully present like that no. or even quiet. But like what I'm really appreciating about what you're saying, which uh, I think kind of stands out or is like a contrast to a lot of photographers is that like it really seems like you're saying be like be a human first. Yes. Absolutely. And be a good observer. Like, learn how, learn that picture making isn't always about pressing the shutter. And in fact, I think that's only 10% of being a good photographer. I think being a good photographer is being a good human being. It's being empathetic. It's being sensitive to situations. It is, the best photographers are the ones that are able to take in every element of a scene and ask themselves, what do I want to say about what's happening in front of me? Photojournalism, in my opinion, is one of the, the hardest, most important photographic jobs. And, and really, like, it's necessary. Photojournalism is necessary beyond just recording what is in front of you what is happening in history it's also about reminding us of what the world is like at this very moment and in the human condition and how we need to learn from the mistakes of our past and record very important moments in time but photojournalism doesn't because of the nature of it and it needs to be completely unbiased a lot of it is recording what's happening it's recording what's happening in the world. What I love about documentary is there's a little bit more flexibility in terms of interpreting what's happening in the world. It's still honest and true and accurate, where it should be, but it allows the photographer to take more risks in terms of their own perspective. And there is room for that, and we're seeing that more in photojournalism. Damon Winter is um, probably one of my favorites. And I appreciate that you can see him, like his ideas of the world in a very straightforward journalism um, approach. But for me, I, I really enjoy recognizing that what I have to say about my subjects and the world around me is, is as important as the, the factual 
representation of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do think it makes sense. And like what comes to mind is I used to do a lot of like writing and kind of like had a journalistic approach uh, to it. But for me, it would be like taking creative liberties and like trying to get to like the emotional mm. truth of a situation. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're describing as like, yeah, like you're able to work within the creative medium and I think really drill in and like capture like the nugget of like emotional truth that's mm -hmm. behind the image. And I think that's very like consistent amongst like all the work that you're putting out. Yeah, it's important to me. I, I, these days when I'm in the field and I'm shooting, I really am asking myself, what does it feel like to be in this space? What does it feel like for my subjects to be in this space? How is their experience going to help in some way um, translate a, a global theme or idea about mm -hmm. anything, uh, about uh, parenting, about childhood, about um, uh, emotionally vulnerable moments, about joy, uh, problem solving, pain. Uh, yeah, those are the themes that I, I really try and identify while I'm in the field and then find ways to interpret that um, personally and relate it to my own experiences mm -hmm. as well. And, like, when you're going into a shoot, is there anything that you're doing to prepare yourself, like, mentally or, like, prep no. yourself going in? No, nothing. I just, and once I have the... No. <laughs> once I have the camera in my hand, um, it's autopilot these days. I don't even think about it. It really is a tool, but it's so automated. I don't... When I know I want to convey something, I don't even have to think about my... Uh, how I'm changing my aperture and my shutter speed. It just is automatic. I know, I know how to use my tool inside and out. When did that transition happen for you? The automated, the automation of um, making decisions with my tool probably about 10 years ago, but much more refined in the last maybe five. Okay. And it, it, I'm always getting closer to the, the photographer I want to be, but I'm never going to reach it, not until I'm dead. Then that'll be the best photographer I can be is when it, the day I'm, I absolutely stop taking pictures. How would you describe that photographer that you're wanting to be? I don't know because it's an evolution. So I don't know that the phot photographer I am now, I couldn't have envisioned 10 years ago, but I'm always wanting to be better. I always want to be more visually articulate. Um, I want to be more inspired. I right now I'm in a really playful place in my photography where I'm pushing myself and finding new ways to use my tool to visually represent ideas. So I don't know where I'll be mm. 10 years from now, but I hope it's 10 years better than where I'm at now. Yeah, I think that's the like that's always the hope. But like is there anything that you're doing specifically to continue to push yourself to evolve as a photographer? Yeah, I am 
I'm finding new ways to be inspired all the time. So whether it's music or art or literature, I'm constantly trying to educate myself on other forms of storytelling, other versions of what a, a storyteller looks like, and using that to help inspire me. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm pushing myself to think about not just light, but color, how color helps to inform the viewer as to what you're trying to say, how it creating mood in an image has to do with the use of your space uh, and the perspective, the perspective that you choose regarding the proximity between you and the subject matter. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on mood right now, how, how to really visually represent mood, um, which I would never even, I, I didn't even think about that five years ago. So I'm working on that now. And that comes from, that actually came from some inspiration with film. I was watching uh, a couple of movies and I was like, oh, like their use of light, how they're using this light and it's changing the color palette in the scene. It is visually saying to me, this is a cold place. This, this subject feels sad, but it's because of the choices they were making artistically when they were filming the movie mm-hmm. that influences how I'm responding to it. But it, what I really like about that is that it, just, like it, like it really just plugs back into what you've been saying about being an observer and like being very present. Because like if you weren't, like you wouldn't be picking that detail out, and you wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to be like applying it yeah. to your craft. I'm also really exploring multimedia these days. I do wonder if 10 years from now I will be predominantly working in, in moving picture and not stills anymore. I don't know. I feel like that might be where I'm going. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But I don't like to be stagnant for too long, whether it's my own personal space and wanting to move furniture around or constantly wanting to travel to new places and give my daughter new experiences that we haven't had in the past. I like change. I invite change. Not everyone is like that. A lot of people that causes anxiety, but for me, I enjoy change. And so even with my own work, I'm moving out of private commissions and moving towards, uh, documentary advertising work and company uh, business storytelling and I'm doing some more abstract conceptual work now and yeah I like to evolve I don't want to stay in one place for too long no I I love that because it's like like for me like I'm at this point in my life where like I don't know like a year like two years ago was like really struggling with going like the creative route and like looking at you know like peers that I've grown up with and they're like you know like buying the houses and doing that thing and that's like the tangly ups and downs of being a creative and then finally getting to a point where it's clicking into place and that but there's something that's like incredibly rewarding that there's not like a ceiling on being like an artist and like when you realize that it's like a practice that you can continue to develop forever like that's just cool but then it also breaks my heart when you see 
like creatives that have gotten to a point where like it has just I guess transitioned into being like a job and they're like mm-hmm. this is as far as I've come and I'm going to stick doing what I'm doing and like I don't want to push any further because that's scary well people like to feel comfortable right yeah and I don't like to feel comfortable I mean I get bored if I'm mm-hmm. too comfortable and so if I feel like I'm getting comfortable or complacent in my work then I'm going to add a new challenge for myself to work on when do you know th- when do you like how can you tell when that's starting to creep into the work when I'm not thinking too hard when I'm shooting when it's just kind of a when it's easy to shoot then I'm like mm, I'm it's I'm settling in mm-hmm. and it's time to add another goal or objective so one of the things I'm working on for the last three years is more complicated storytelling in terms of layering especially outside with multiple subjects so for literally three years I've been working on shooting higher apertures thinking about more layers and how they interact with one another within the frame it's fucking hard like it's so hard and I've been doing it for three years specifically and I'm not even I don't even feel like I'm an inch closer to being better at it but I keep trying and I there's something about that time frame and just like the fact that you're pursuing that because i think like maybe it's to do with social media but there seems to be this like really like instant gratification and um something that i find i guess troublesome with like younger creatives is like they want it now and they don't and like i've I've struggled with this too where like i think if when i was younger if i had like in my mind that you know, like in 10 years time, like everything's going to be clicking into place. Like, let's not try to make it happen right now. Like what's the investment we can be doing? Mm-hmm. To, like set future price up. Mm-hmm. Um, we have very no. little patience in this world now. Um, I love wine probably too much, but good wine takes a really long time to age I feel the same way about life in general. Like you have to give yourself time to continue to mature and grow as a human being, your work as an artist, you have to give yourself grace and patience that it's not going to happen overnight. Sure. You can learn all the technicals, but that doesn't make you a a great storyteller. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. there's many out there that have, that are beyond proficient in terms of execution and the crafting of a picture, but I'm not inspired by their work because they haven't exhibited patience in terms of actually becoming a photographer and thinking about what that means in terms of injecting yourself in your work. Yeah, because there's definitely like a technical aspect and I think a lot of photographers that becomes like at the forefront like getting the craft down and like having the best gear and I guess like I guess like what's the difference between like a technically like perfect like image and that like a minute an image with meaning behind it one that elicits some sort of emotional response from the viewer I think for me, I, if I'm not reacting in some, if my body is not reacting in some way to 
a song or mm. a, a a novel or a film or a picture, then I have no interest in it. And that's pretty much the case for most people. Mm-hmm. Your favorite songs, whether they make you want to dance or they, like your body will just start moving with, it's like you have no control or you immediately have to start singing or it brings you back to the time when you first heard that song with someone that you really care about or really fucking hate. Um, it's that type of art that moves you in some way, even if it makes you angry, then it's working. Mm-hmm. For me, then it's working. But yeah. a, a, something can be technically absolutely proficient and I have no response. And then, and then for me, it, it's not going to resonate. I'm not going to remember it. Mm-hmm. No, and I think like a lot of photographers like lose can lose sight of that and end up just like creating imagery for other photographers. Yes. Yes. I see that hurting the industry overall, but I'm okay with it because it means (laughs) keep doing it. That's fine by me. Um, I want more. I want more from any kind of work that I'm putting out there. I want more. I really want to, I want my work to be memorable. And if you, if, if the viewer doesn't have some sort of response, it's not going to be, if you're not going to remember it, right? You just aren't. So. Like, how do you, maybe this is too big of a question, but like, how do you create an image that has meaning in it? I don't think I can just answer that like in one sentence or even a collection of sentences. I do think it's part of it is being really present in that moment. Whether it takes you an hour or a year to get that picture or a half a second. I, you need to be intentional. I, yeah, you have to be intentional in order to make work that is, is going to be powerful. You have to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And when you're critiquing work, since you're like going to be doing that soon, like what are you, like what do you look for? Um, I'm, I work real hard, especially if I'm doing like a portfolio review, to, I ask people to bring me like 200 pictures that they really love. One to 200 is a good amount. And then I can very quickly go through and tag the ones that are resonating with me. And nine times out of 10, once I eliminate the ones that aren't speaking to me, I can start to see a pattern in what people are drawn to, what excites them in life. Uh, Sometimes I can even see what type of person they are simply by looking at a collection of pictures that are all working together. And so then I worked, work hard to identify that and then explain that to my student or whoever's hired me or to do this for them. And then I say, so here are your weaknesses. Like this is where you're falling short and these are the things that you can work on moving forward. 
Now, is working on your weaknesses like something you should be doing, or should you just be doubling down on your strengths? No, no. I. How are you going to get better if you're not working hard? If you're only photographing your strengths, like, or only relying on your the the skills that you're strongest in, you're not going to improve. You're not going to move forward. You might. That's how you get stagnant, right? Is just laying low with all with all your strengths that yeah. don't require any work. And like, as an artist, like, how important is it getting your work critiqued? Oh, I think it's really important. My favorite critiques are the ones where I leave crying. <laughs> you leave crying? <laughs> oh yes. Why are you crying? Well, I've I've mentioned this many times, but my mentor, one of my mentors is David Allen Harvey and I've known him for years but mm-hmm. it took about uh, eight years for me to start working with him and his the first time he looked at my work like as a as a body of work he just looked at me and goes you are not a photographer and I I knew exactly what he was saying he said you're an incredible picture maker but you are not making photographs you're making pictures that was a huge shift in my mindset about my work and that was um, almost three years ago and what did he mean by that he meant I wasn't making universal photographs I wasn't making photographs that would be memorable or relatable to the world outside of my subject or photographers I wasn't going beyond that. I wasn't approaching themes and ideas and concepts about life in my work. I was just kind of recording what was happening in front of me. So, like, that's been, like, the big shift over the mm-hmm. past three years. Yeah, like... he was, it's huge. And I say he didn't teach me how to make pictures. He taught me how to see. He really taught me how to see and see differently. He didn't teach me how to shoot. He taught me how to see. Yeah. But. Like, how are you able to take a piece of advice like that and like allow it to inspire you and push you deeper? Because I. Well, it's not just he says that he's like, good luck to you. Right. (laughs) He helps guide you and all teachers good teachers do this they they just they're guides towards your trajectory of where you're supposed to go really good teachers don't they don't teach you to do what they do they they teach you how to see differently to do what you do and so for me we had long conversations about this idea and then he's like go out and shoot and then I would shoot every day and then come back and show him what I made. And every day I got a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. And by the end, I made one photograph that particular week that I was like, okay, this is what he means. And that photograph changed everything for me. And how was, could you describe that moment? Yeah, it was a, I was photographing kids on a playground, which I fucking hate, by the way. <laughs> and... I've, I've been working with motion for a long time with my photos, but I just stopped. All these things that we just talked about 
earlier. Like, I just stopped and I asked myself, how does she feel in this moment? Like, she's, in, she's lost in joy. And it's very rare as adults that we do this anymore, get lost in joy. Because we carry so much weight behind that. We fear that the joy will end. All those things. But kids don't think about that, right? Mm-hmm. They're, all, they're very present in the moment. So in that moment, I knew exactly how much to slow down my shutter. I knew exactly where to stand to isolate the only thing that was important. And that was her being dizzy in the joy. And I made the picture. And it just felt right. Like I was fully present and connected to what I wanted to visually articulate in that picture. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't want to end it, but we've come up from under time. So I'm going to ask one last question. Um, How would you define success for yourself? Getting a little bit closer every day to pure internal joy and it's a that is a work in progress right being kinder to myself being a more present parent to my daughter being a more empathetic and sensitive wife to my husband being a more available friend to the people around me while learning how to create boundaries because I need boundaries to continue to feel joy. And that is probably one of the hardest things. And acknowledging that I do deserve happiness as we all do. And that my happiness is as important as everyone else around me. So the closer and closer I get to that, the more successful I think I am. Yeah. Thanks for making the time. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Sound, mixing, and music by Philip Kramer. Technical support by Adrian. Adrian, thanks for always fixing my computer. You, sir, are a wizard. <laughs>